It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Chase Crosshow, and I am flying solo today. Mike is currently on his way back up to Michigan. Getting a little bit of time off of work. Today's a travel day. We were not able to record ahead of time, so instead we are going to start with just me for today. So as it's been alluded to before, today is the Big World Junior Episode Day. And honestly, this is like my favorite time of the year. Um, you know, I celebrate Christmas, so Christmas is coming up. World Juniors is shortly after that, then New Year's. It's, it's a good time for, for parties. It's a good time to... Just sit back and enjoy and enjoy the coming of winter. It'll be nice having the next week off for me, get to watch some World Junior Hockey. So I know I'm very excited for that. But before we get to that, we do have some tamper-related stuff we need to talk about. First up, Mikhail Sergachev got a 5K suspension for his slashing um, incident, I guess we'll use, in the Toronto game. So not, not too surprising. Kind of figured something like that would come out of this. And then also, our game versus Buffalo is postponed due to the weather. If you are not... Pay attention to what's going on up in the northern United States. There's a giant winter storm coming. Some states are getting super slammed. Michigan, New York, uh, you know those states. Obviously, Canada. They're starting starting to get hammered. You know, me being in in Michigan, I'm I'm bracing for what the weather is going to be the next few days. It's going to make travel interesting around you know the holiday time. But that is the reason that we will not have that Buffalo game. Moving on to a game review. We have two games to talk about. Unfortunately, neither one of them went our way. Starting with the first game. Against the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was just a bad outing for the Lightning. I mean, we couldn't even manage 20 shots in that. Meanwhile, the, the Leafs got 40 on us. It was just a game where the team didn't really look very strong. It was good to see Vladimir Maskov get on the board. You know, he's only got a couple on the year. 
But outside of that, really, really nothing to be very happy about. I, I think Toronto just really dominated on the, dominated us. Excuse me. And this just kind of looked like the better team. We didn't really look like we were there to play, and the results kind of showed. Going forward, we really need to try to avoid these types of games because it, things were just finally start rolling. We were just starting to see that the Tampa team, yeah, we're, we're getting back to where we were. But now we have this game plus the next one, kind of bad back-to-back games. So hopefully we can put these behind us. And the only stat really to talk about in this game that we came out on top of would be the hit stat. 33-20 in our favor. Everything else is either tied or in favor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I guess that's something to say, you know, if you're kind of struggling, you know, kind of falling a bit behind, at least you can show that you're physical. You can try to get under the opponent's skin, and maybe that's something to build off of. And we can also, you know, commend the third period. It was probably better than the first two periods for, for the Lightning. Still was not very strong. I, you know, I, I hope to see a lot better out of this team. I know the other fans do as well. So it definitely was disappointing to see how they fared in this game. Now moving over to our Wednesday game against the Detroit Red Wings. And boy, was I surprised. I talked about it in the last episode. You know, we, we dropped that first game against the Red Wings this year. Didn't look too strong. I thought for sure this was going to be kind of a change of events that Tampa's going to come out on top, look much better, kind of show that they're the dominant team that they are. And it it really couldn't have went any different. With a final score of 7-4, to four, especially against a team like the Detroit Red Wings, it's kind of hard to feel good, but at least there's a couple positives you can take out of it. We did outshoot them. Uh, we played good in some spots, but at the end of the day, Detroit capitalized a lot more on those premium scoring chances, and that's something that Tampa really needs to focus on. Something that Tampa has done for a lot of years and just, you know, has not really happened maybe as often this season. A couple of positives from the game. Brain Point got on the stat sheet. Nikita Kucherov got on the stat sheet. You know, Ross Colton, he scored a goal as well. So it's good to see some of, you know, our, obviously our two-star guys and a couple more of our depth guys kind of get rolling a little bit. And we did dominate them in the face-off circle. 62 to 37%, or 62.3 to 37.7 to be specific. But that was a good showing by by the Lightning. It was good to at least you know come out on top in, in that department, on top of the shots on goal department as well. And then the bad stuff starts to happen. Yeah, Detroit went on to obviously score seven goals in this game. It was you know Tampa came out on top. It was a little bit of a trade back and forth, back and forth till Detroit took the lead, and then never lost the lead again. Uh, there was two empty net goals at the end of the game, so the score looks a little worse than maybe what some of the other game was. But it's still seven goals let up. It's still something you don't want to see. Michael Rasmussen got on the board a couple times. Still Larkin got on the board a couple times. We saw the big Elmer Soderblom find the back of the net, which that guy just, he's just so much fun to watch. He's going to be an interesting player to watch as he continues to grow and to develop in this league. But it really just, as a whole, was not a very great effort by our Lightning. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. Brian Elliott could have done a little bit better. Obviously, you know, had some struggles. Billy Huso has had a great year so far and made some very nice saves when he needed to. So Tampa really needs to look back on these two games. We're going into the break. We don't have a game for another week. You know, obviously you're going to have these couple of days off, but once you get back to it, kind of recognize where you struggled, what you need to fix, and go into what should be a, you know a decent opportunity to win some games for a homestand. Next, we got Montreal, New York, and Arizona. I think those are all winnable games. Uh, of course, any game in the NHL is winnable, but at least two of those three should be really like expected to win. So. Hopefully they can kind of learn from these last two games and move forward for those next three and kind of take the right steps. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Alrighty, folks. Now it's time for the fun. Moving on to the World Junior Preview. Uh, we're going to talk about all 10 teams composed into Group A and Group B. And just kind of talk about some of the key players. Uh, I'm not going to go through each individual player on the roster. That'll just take hours at this point. But a couple key guys, some teams have more, some teams have less. Um, just players that you really want to watch out for as they have opportunities to maybe have big camps or they're just notable prospects or whatever might be going on for them. So we're going to lead off Group A with Team Canada. Obviously the favorites coming into this tournament every single year. Always so star-studded with talent. Um, you know, in, in previous years there had been as many as 20 first-round picks on the roster. There was always guys sent back from the NHL that were playing in this tournament. And it's just been stacked team after stacked team. And really it's no different this year. The one difference is that we see a couple more draft-eligible guys uh, than we normally do, two to be specific. And it's going to be a lot of fun watching these two because they are such dynamic players that are going to be very high picks in this upcoming NHL draft. So those two players, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli. Connor Bedard is the superstar phenomenon playing in the WHL right now for the Regina Pats. Guaranteed first overall pick. Looking like he's going to at least be the next McDavid. Maybe he can even be better. I don't know, it's hard to say that right now, but... It would be shocking for this kid to not come into the NHL right away and step up and be an immediate top-line producer for any single team in the league. This kid's just got so much dynamic ability. He's going to be a ton of fun to watch in this tournament. I'm really looking forward to it. The other name that I mentioned, Adam Fantilli, University of Michigan forward, is having a hell of a season at the collegiate levels. Let's kind of look at it as the number three prospect in this draft coming into the year. But as of right now, he's kind of catapulted himself in the number two spot. Matt Vishkov, the Russian, he's kind of slowed down. He's had some health issues, hasn't really been as dynamic as people would hope. He still has that elite-level skill, but on you know being hurt, being small, being a Russian who's got three years left on his contract after the season, all combined you know with how he's been able to perform this year when he's had the opportunities, it's a little disappointing. So Adam Fantilli, who has been dominating, is going to get a pretty good opportunity at this World Junior Showcase to show why he deserves to be that number two overall pick. Big body forward, he's super fun to watch. Between him and Bedard, the future is very bright for Team Canada, and I think both these guys should have pretty big impacts from the start of the tournament. Some other players to watch, recent fourth overall pick, Shane Wright, first-round draft pick, Adam, or excuse me, Dylan Gunther, Brant Clark, Kevin Trusinski, and Owen Zellweger as well. Just a couple of the really, really star-studded names on the Team Canada roster. I just decided to pick a couple guys that I really like, a couple guys that I think will have really big NHL impacts. We already saw Shane Wright. He had to play some pro hockey, scored his first NHL goal. He got loaned to, to this World Junior Tournament after kind of what was a rough start to his NHL career, but he really dominated the American League when he got a chance and he did score the NHL goal. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do kind of going forward. I really think he's going to have a huge tournament. We already saw he scored you know, a nice goal, but it's really all set up because of Connor Bedard's just unbelievable pass. I think they're going to make for a terrific duo at this tournament. I'm super excited to watch them. Dylan Gunther is also, you know, a very solid prospect. He's, you know, one of these future top-line NHLers that's going to be super exciting to watch. 
But I really want to talk about these three defensemen. Brant Clark, Kevin Trashinsky, Olin Zellweger. So starting with Brant Clark, he was my favorite player in the draft class, favorite skater at least in his draft year. And I was really hoping that we could kind of see him get some more NHL action earlier on in his career. Been a little up and down, hasn't really, you know, gotten kind of off to the start that I would hope, but he's still a dominant prospect. He's still someone that's going to have a lot of success. Kevin Korczynski was a bit of a riser last year. Uh, Chicago prospect has been playing really well, and I think he's going to take on a big role for Team Canada at this tournament. And then Owen Zellweger, you know, maybe my favorite defensive prospect uh, that's currently got his, his rights owned by a, by a franchise out there. He, he's just so much fun. I think he's got so much legitimate scoring potential in the NHL. I think he's bound to have a dominant tournament. One thing to note about this team, though, is there's only two goalies on the roster. So if one goes down, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Maybe a, a skater goes and backs up, but it's a little bit concerning. Um, personally, if I was building this roster, I'd carry out their goalie just in case. Yeah, it sucks that the third goalie might not play, and you want to take an extra forward that you might like, but it's a really just it's a good insurance option to have. Moving on to Team Czechia, a couple of players to watch. Edward Shala, Yuri Kulich, Matthias Sapovalev, David Juracek, Tomas Shamara and Stanislav Fozel. So of those names, Edward Shala, he is a draft eligible prospect, got one of the sickest set of hands you're ever going to see, and I think he's going to really put him on show for this tournament. Should get some decent playing time for this Czechia roster, which has some talent but isn't necessarily star-studded, in my opinion. They've, they've got some good NHL picks, some good NHL prospects, but I think Dice Time's there to be taken. Two other forwards up front, Yuri Kulich and Matthew Sapovlev. Two very good prospects that I like, two guys I think are future NHLers. Uh, Spavlov's playing over here in the OHL, so he gets a little more notice from some Americans, too, um, from Americans and Canadians, excuse me. He is playing for the Saginaw Spirit, so that's why I said Americans. But two talented forwards that I think do have that legitimate NHL upside. Of course, David Juracek, the first-round pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets, just an absolute stud on the back end, someone who I think is going to have a lot of NHL success, should be one of the better players in this tournament. I would be shocked if he's not on the all-tournament team by the end of this, just because of how much ice time he's going to get the kind of points he should be able to put up with this team, and just how dominant he is. And then with Hamar and Svozel, just two really solid prospects, uh, two guys I think should get some good ice time as well, and guys that I would expect to at least get some NHL games, if not you know, become full-time NHLers. Something to note on this team, that the team has 12 NHL draft picks and is carrying one underager, so a lot of opportunity for guys to kind of impress and maybe gain some draft stock. So there's you know a, enough players here outside of their current NHL draft prospects that are still draft eligible. A couple guys who I think have some talent. So maybe this tournament will be a good opportunity for them to put up some skill or show off their skill. Excuse me, that makes a lot more sense. A, a good opportunity to show off their skill and kind of maybe put up some numbers, maybe get onto NHL teams' radars. Up next in the pool, we have Team Germany. A couple names to watch: Hecken Henelt, Julian Lutz, Nikita Kwap. Uh, Kuren, Bader, Bader, I can't remember how, exactly how to pronounce his first name. It's a little tricky. And then Thomas and Nikolas Heigl, who, yes, they are twin brothers. Uh, that's going to be exciting to watch those two. I would hope they play on the same line, kind of see what they can do. And then with, um, you know, Julian Lutz, I think, is a very, very capable NHL potential forward, someone who's going to have an opportunity down the road, and I think is going to be really a stud for them up front in this tournament. Nikita Kwap might be a more memorable name. He played in the tournament last year. Uh, he played really well, actually. He is a uh, current Carolina Hurricanes prospect. Someone I think that's got some NHL upside. Probably, you know, if he's so, he can maybe see games as a backup. That's kind of about it. But he's someone that I would expect to have a pretty big tournament and, you know, in hopes to kind of keep Germany alive. 
I don't expect they get relegated, but I do think that it's going to be tough for them to win a couple games here. You know, maybe they can they can squeeze two by. Maybe they can kind of get a better seating when it comes to the playoff round. But I I really don't imagine too much. I just would be very shocked if they're going to be in the relegation. And kind of a fun fact about this team, Germany team, there are five players on the roster that are current members current members of the Red Bull Hockey Academy, which is an Austrian based academy that provides kind of an extra focus on hockey, where underagers uh, twenty and under mostly they go and they can kind of, you know, re- really fine-tune their skills. They get to play against men, uh, you know, the main team, they get to play in the Alps Hockey League, so they're, they're playing against older players while still kind of being a young group together. It's a pretty cool experience. It's something that I think would be awesome if more of those existed kind of here in, in the States or just in North America in general. It's more of a European thing. You see they have it a lot more with soccer teams in Europe. They kind of have these youth academies that they'll bring up players through. It would be really cool to see something like that more often throughout the world and for hockey. But really, this is one of the few ones that are out there. Next up, Group A, Team Sweden, who is probably the next favorite outside of Team Canada in this pool. A couple names to watch, Leo Carlson and Axel Sandin Pelika. They are the two underagers on this team. Leo Carlson's really been shooting up draft boards. He's been dominating the SHL, having some highlight real goals. And right now, he's probably more of a favorite to go in the top three than Matthew Mishkov is, which is just crazy to say. It's, it's shocking for me to even say just as recent as a couple of months ago, but Leo Carlson, he, he's proving that he deserves that recognition. He's playing incredibly well. I think he's going to get some really good opportunity at this tournament. But joining him, Philip Bystep, Jonathan Lekermaki, Fabian Lysel, Isaac Rosen, Noah Ostlund, Kelly Odelius, and Elias Pettersson. You know, all these guys are NHL uh, draft prospects, all very talented. I really like Bystep. I really like Ostlund. I think those two guys are going to be very solid NHLers. Fabian Lysel has been looking pretty solid in North America thus far. But really the one to kind of focus on a little more here is Jonathan Lekromaki, someone who was a big-time riser last year in the draft process, someone whose talent I really like, someone I think has all the skills that you want to see out of a smaller-scoring NHL forward. Um, not going to be some, like, OV-level type guy. He's not some big body. He's not some booming shot, and he's not some Cole Caulfield either. But he does have, you know, a, a, like a good skill set that can be, be combined with his smaller size. But it's just not really working for him so far. Uh, playing pro in Sweden this year, his numbers are incredibly underwhelming compared to what he was showing last year. It's been a tough adjustment. Is it something that can pass? I think so. But as of right now, things aren't looking very great for him in terms of his development. Sweden has been very historically dominant in this tournament, especially in the preliminary rounds. When it comes to the middle rounds, things you know don't always go so well for them. But they should be a threat nonetheless. They're one of the more talented countries in the world when it comes to producing hockey players, so I would fully expect them to be putting up a pretty good fight. The final team in this pool, Team Austria, kind of the odd man out of this group. There's four teams. I mean, there really is three teams, I guess, technically. They kind of separate themselves from the rest. Then Germany's kind of in a tier by themselves. And then it's Austria. You know, there's some talented players in the roster. Don't get me wrong. Uh, They have Vincent Royer, who is the only drafted prospect on the roster. Uh, Jack Linton, which is actually a guy that I saw play hockey this year, playing in the North American Hockey League at the moment. I saw him playing 18U AAA hockey. It's it's kind of cool to think that um, you know someone that I, I was scouting is now playing in this tournament, but he is an American with dual citizenship, so he is going to be playing for Austria in this tournament. I really hope he can play a big role because when I saw him, he looked incredibly talented, so I wonder what he can do on this big stage. Outside of him... We have Ian Scherzer, who is a 2005 birth year, so someone that's going to be coming up on his draft eligibility. 
We have Jonas Daubring, who is a Canadian-born player who is also playing for Team or Team Austria. Excuse me. David Reinbacher, who, in my opinion, is the best player on this roster. A good-sized defenseman. Uh, I think he has legitimate tools to be one of the you know one of the higher picks in this draft class. I think he can end up as a second, third rounder kind of guy. I think he's got some real NHL upside. Really looking forward to see what he can do in this tournament for this team. And then Benedict Oshkan is the kind of last 05 I really wanted to mention. Um, he is a goaltender. I wonder how much he's going to play. Younger goalies usually have a hard time finding playing time at this tournament, but it really would be cool to see him get in a few games. A bit of a fun fact, um, former Hockey Name of the Day feature, Finn Van E is on this roster. So that's kind of cool. Um, we'll, we'll see what he does. You know, I think we mentioned him last year too when he's on this roster, but he'll be a little bit older. Things have a little more opportunity to shine. Hopefully he can make something out of it. Now we're moving on to Group B. Starting off, of course, with Team USA, my home country, the team I'll be rooting for in this tournament. There's a couple of players to watch. Um, really, there's three guys that are not draft eligible, or excuse me, that are draft eligible, that have been drafted at the skater position. That's Gavin Brindley, Charlie Strommel, Luke Middlestadt. You know, three solid players. Gavin Brindley and Charlie Strommel are going to be two you know, relatively sought after players in this draft class, especially Charlie Strommel, should end up as at worst a top ten pick. I would have to say, you know, maybe got the potential to, to even go higher if he does well at this tournament. But Luke Middleshot's a bit of a surprise making this roster to me. He's not a first time draft eligible. He's not a second time draft eligible. You know, he, he's an 03 birth year, so this is his last year eligibility at this tournament. It's a little bit surprising to see him make the roster. He is the brother of Casey Middleshot, and he is a talented player. Don't get me wrong. But he's playing his first year of college hockey. I really just did not expect this. But there's always a couple guys like that between Team USA and Team Canada that you just didn't really quite expect to make the roster. Hopefully he gets a good opportunity. Um, he might be the extra guy, kind of the you know odd man out. But I do think they'll at least give him some looks and maybe against some of the lower-level teams. It'd be cool if he can make something out of it. Maybe he can end up as an NHL-drafted player out of this tournament. I'm not quite sure, but he's going to maybe have some opportunity. So I, outside of those names, obviously some names to watch for. Luke Hughes, Logan Cooley, Cutter Gauthier, and then a couple other names to mention. Rucker McGordy, Jimmy Snuggerud, Seamus Casey, Lane Hudson, and Ryan Ufko. So of all those names, uh, you know, the headliner, Luke Hughes, the captain of the team, should be the best defenseman in the tournament. Someone that's even got a chance to win maybe tournament MVP if he steps up really well. I think Connor Bedard is probably my front runner to win that. But I really do think that if things go right for USA and they win gold maybe, Luke Hughes can maybe score a few points. I think he's got that potential. Should be a very good NHLer down the road. Logan Cooley, one of the topics in this draft class, along with Cutter Gauthier, both these guys are going to play pretty prominent roles, and I expect them to kind of dominate. Rucker McGrody, one of my favorites in this draft process. This is the perfect stage for him. His He's got a lot of skill, but he also is a bit of a grinded-out type guy, so his physical play style, it's really going to wear down opponent, or opponents. excuse me. I think he's going to have an opportunity to capitalize on that. I saw something today that, um, I don't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted that J they're expecting Jimmy Stargrad to have a big tournament, and I definitely think it's possible. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's going to get legitimate opportunity in this tournament. He should be a top six guy for them, and I think he'll be a lot of fun to watch. Then on the back end, joining Luke Hughes, Seamus Casey, one of my favorite players in the draft process, just a star-level player. I think he's going to have some you know real good NHL upside down the road. Lane Hudson, who... He got slack for being a smaller defenseman in the draft process, but I really don't know why because the talent was pretty clearly there, and it still is clearly there. I, I would honestly think that he's probably my favorite on, on this team and maybe in that draft class of all defensemen to be the highest-scoring one. 
in the NHL. You know, you know, maybe Simone Nemeth has that potential too. I'm sorry, just bumping my computer. But you know, I, I really think that Lane Hudson is kind of a diamond in the rough for Montreal, and hats off to them. Then Ryan Ufko is the other one, kind of a riser of a prospect for the for the Predators. Should be getting some good playing time in this too. One Tampa Bay prospect is on this roster, Dylan Duke. I think he's going to get an opportunity to at least, you know, play middle six. Uh, that's kind of what I would expect. No Isaac Howard on this roster. Kind of had a slow start to his college career, so he gets left off. Something to note for this Team USA roster, though. The decor is very offensive. Not necessarily the most defensively inclined. You know, there, there's a couple guys that could help out on that aspect, and Luke Hughes is a good enough two-way guy where it shouldn't be an issue too much, but it's still something else to keep in mind. And then none of the goalies are drafted prospects yet. You know, all these guys are 23 draft eligible. Some have gone through the process, some have not. So it'll be interesting to see if any of them do, but this should be a good opportunity for any one of them to maybe step up. I really do think this year, though, Team USA is going to kind of have to really focus on outscoring the opponents rather than just winning the hockey games. They might need to put up four, five, six every game instead of just, you know, like getting by with like a 3-2 win because I don't know how often the goalies might be able to do that, especially against some of the better teams. Next up, got Team Slovakia. You know, a few players to watch. Simon Nemec, uh, the recent second overall pick. Absolute stud Slovakian. Dale Bordovorsky, one of my favorite players in this upcoming draft class. Had a bit of a rough year so far. Slipping down the rankings a little bit. But I still have a lot of you know faith and belief in his talent. Philip Mishar, uh, Servac Petrovsky, Adam Sikora, Adam Zinka. All draft prospects. And then we got Alex Shiernik. Marion Moscow and Maxim Sturbach that are all draft eligible prospects this year. I'm a big fan of Maxim Sturbach. I think he's got you know really real potential for a Tron upside. Just add to the list of Slovakians going in the first round recently. And I would expect him to have some good opportunity at this tournament. And of course, Simon Namich is going to be the guy, going to be the dude for them. You know, know your Isofkovsky at this tournament as he's sticking with the NHL club. So Simon Namich is going to have to do a little more on the back end than you know just be a steady presence. Provide a little more offense, really help out Dvorsky, Mashar, Sikora, those guys specifically. But it should be a fun roster to watch. A couple, you know, solid prospects, some some upcoming draft eligible guys. I think that there's some funness to this team. Are they my favorites to medal this year? No. You know, I, I thought their odds were better last year. I'm not going to be, you know, necessarily pacing a futures bet on them like I was to, to medal and, and win gold in this tournament. But they are um, a solid roster who should have some fun players. Next up, we have Team Switzerland. A couple players to watch. Lorenzo Kenanokia, Attila Biasca, Luis Robin. Uh, those are all three North American players. Uh, Leanne Bichel, they're, you know, the, I, might be their lone actually drafted prospect. Apologies for not having that fact on me. But he is a, a very solid, reliable defenseman. Big body who should be a pretty set, steady presence for them. And then the other name I have is... Jeremy Jabola Prada, he's actually both Swiss and Spanish. Uh, he has the opportunity to represent either of those countries. He's obviously representing Switzerland, kind of playing a higher level of hockey there. So there's really not much to say about this Switzerland team. Going to kind of be a struggle, um, you know, them and another team in this pool. Both can be kind of fighting to not get that last spot. I really don't see much of a path to Switzerland fighting for a medal. I just kind of hope that you maybe see a little bit of talent that you might like. Next up, Team Finland, uh, a couple players to watch. Nico Huttinen, a Tampa prospect. Aaron Kiviharju, a 2006 uh, prospect. The top 2024 draft prospect, actually. Maybe you can argue one other player, but Kiviharju is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Joachim Kemmel, Brad Lambert, Yanni Neiman, Alexi Heimelsalmi, and then Annette Nico Kwalko. I think he's probably going to be their guy. 
but they got a couple of guys, you know, older guys that might have that chance too. But Nico Hutenen, starting with him, the Tampa prospect, seventh round pick. Is he going to be an NHLer down the road? I don't know, but he has some nice tools and nice traits that maybe things can continue to develop and maybe he can kind of get that look. But right now, consider that a long shot. Joachim Kemmel, Brad Lambert, and those are two recently drafted prospects. Brad Lambert's one of my favorites in the last draft class. I thought he had a decent chance of actually making the Winnipeg Jets this year, the way his preseason went. But obviously, he's an 18-year-old. You don't want to rush things. I think he's someone who, for whatever reason, you know, teams thought less of him, and he's going to kind of slip through the draft process and become a stud in the NHL. I really think that is the case. Joachim Kemmel obviously is looking like a stud and is probably going to be a stud. And that's not surprising to anyone, especially based on how the year charter from last year. But really, the one guy I think you want to watch over to anybody in this in this team, Aaron Kivyaru, I would expect him to at least play a solid role. Maybe he's not their number one D-man, but I would be shocked if he's not playing every game, getting regular minutes, maybe even be one of their top four guys. He just has so much talent. He's such a young, promising player. He's going to be really exciting to watch in this tournament. I'm super, super, super excited for it. And a fun fact about that is he is the only 2006-born excuse me, the only 2006-born player in this tournament, which obviously makes him the youngest player. The final team in this pool, Team Mafia, really not a ton for players to watch. Um, there's one Tampa prospect in the roster, Klaus Weinbergs. Um, you know, maybe he can be someone we see in the NHL down the road, but not necessarily some sought-after prospect either, but it does have some talent that I do like. Um, then Dan's Lachmelis, uh, Sandis Villimanis, and then Bogdan's Hosas are probably really the only names that you should kind of keep an eye on. Um, you know, some draft prospects, some guys that have already been drafted. It, it It's really not an overwhelming roster, kind of the odd man out, in, in my opinion. You know, maybe Switzerland is going to fight for that spot too. I don't really know, but... I really don't expect much from this Lafayette roster. They they do their best. They fight very hard. They do everything they can. But right now, the, the country's just not producing very much NHL talent. Down the road, is it possible that they start producing more? For sure it is. And I hope they do because, you know, Lafayette, I've never been. From what I hear, it's a beautiful city. It's a great player. Jesus. It's a beautiful country, not a city. Uh, beautiful country. And uh, I heard Riga is just a beautiful city specifically. Um, so hopefully they can continue to develop over there in terms of the hockey and become a more up-and-coming nation. That would be pretty cool. So some predictions for the tournament. Obviously, my favorite to win this all and collect gold is Team Canada. I would expect that USA gets silver. And then from there, Browns could really go a couple of ways, but my best bet's Finland. Those are the teams that usually do the best at this tournament. Um, those three are the ones that most often medal, especially in recent years. And I don't think it's going to be much different. I, I would expect them... Yes, Sweden has a fighting chance. Yeah, Czechia has a fighting chance. Yeah, Slovakia has a fighting chance. But really, those you know th- those three teams are the ones that I'm kind of expecting the most out of. It would be cool to see a bit of a fight from Team Germany, from Team Austria, you know, Team Latvia, those teams that are kind of down and out, Team Switzerland there too. But I really don't expect much. Um, my favorite out of all those would probably be Germany. I think they have the best chance of maybe putting up a bit more of a fight than the rest. But really, I would expect, you know, the main sixes you would expect, and especially those first three that I mentioned, to kind of be the contenders for the medals. But with that, I'm going to wrap up the World Junior Preview. I'm going to wrap up the show. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Solo podcasts are tough. I hate doing them. But I do get super excited for the World Juniors um, tournament, so I really wanted to make sure to put out this podcast. So I do want to thank you guys for listening. I appreciate the support. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. 
And while you're at it, you can go follow WNP on Twitter, WNP Sports Pod. This WNP Sports Pod. We mostly cover football over there, but if you're a football fan, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, there's probably going to be two or three weeks that episodes though with Christmas time. Uh, Mike not be able to bring some equipment with him, so we'll see how those things shake out. Regardless, you should go give us a follow. Make sure you go to hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. Really appreciate it. And whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. 